0: The dream of Rosé. Japanese ornament frequently illustrates ancient legend. We may, for example, see on a certain suba or sword guard, a pine tree with some people sitting in the branches. One man carries a banner, while two others are playing on musical instruments. There is an exquisite legend connected with this quaint design, and though it's of Chinese origin, It deserves to find a place in this volume because it is one of those fantastic Chinese legends that have been woven into Japanese literature and art, and has become, in short, one of the favorite themes of Japanese artists, and of those who witnessed the Nō, or the lyrical dream, of Nippon. Rosé, of ancient times, reached the little inn of Kantan, so weary with his travel that he fell asleep as soon as his head touched the pillow. This was no ordinary pillow, however, and might well be described as a magic pillow of dreams, for immediately upon falling asleep, Rosé was disturbed as an envoy approached him and said, "'We are sent by the Emperor of Ibarra to inform you that His Majesty wishes to relinquish the throne and to install you in his place. Be sure to enter the palanquin that awaits you, and the bearers will quickly carry you to the capital.' Rosé, much amazed by what he had heard and seen, quickly entered the palanquin, which was beautifully strewn with gems of radiant hue, and was quickly born to a wonderful country, best described in the following verse. For never in those old vasty halls imperial, bathed in moonlight beams bright, or where the dragon soars on clouds ethereal, was aught like this to entrance the sight. With golden sand and silvern pebbles white was strewn the floor, and at the corners four, through gates inlaid with diamonds and jade, passed throngs whose vestments were of radiant light. So fair a scene that mortal eye might ween it scanned the very heaven's unknown delight. Here countless gifts the folk came bearing, precious as myriad coins of finest gold, and there the lesser with the greater sharing advanced the vassals bold, their banners to display, that paint the sky with colors gay, while rings the air as had a thunder rolled. Roset found himself in a magical country where nature either forgot her natural laws or was led into fresh wonders by the people of that land. In the east there was a silver hill over which the gold sun shone, and in the west there was a gold hill over which the moon shone. The whole idea of this charming story seems to suggest that this country was not only a land of eternal youth, but a land, too, where nature marshaled her seasons together, where there were always color and blossom, and where no flower faded. When Roset had lived and reigned for fifty years in this glorious country, a minister came to him one day and bade him drink the elixir of life in order that he might, like his subjects, live forever. The monarch drank the elixir, amid dazzling pomp and joys more ravishing than ever before were showered on mortal sight. Rosé believed that he had cheated death of his due and lived the life of poetic, if sensuous, ecstasy. He gave sumptuous feasts to his servants, feasts which saw the sun and moon without intermission, where lovely maidens danced and where there was endless music and song. It so happened, however, that these joyous feasts, these pageants of color, were not endless after all. For eventually, Rosé awoke to find himself resting upon Canton's pillow. Rosé, after this fantastic experience, came to the conclusion that life is a dream, that ambition is a dream too. And, having accepted this Buddhistic teaching, he returned to his own home.